A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. Sign up for the Confessions of a Marketer newsletter at confessionsofamarketer.com slash newsletter. On episode 41 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're talking turning data into stories. We have Bill Burkhart, president of Wonderman Data Management, in to discuss turning data into stories. We'll get to that in just a moment. Next time, we'll have part two of my chat with Bill, where we delve into real-world examples of companies using data to tell stories, and we'll take a look ahead at the future of data. Coming soon, we have Jeremy Goldman discussing the future of marketing. Super Union's chief creative officer, Greg Quinton, will join us to discuss great design and more. And we will be joined by Beth Monahan of Inkhouse to discuss fear and the future of PR. And as I mentioned last time, I've got a new podcast I've been cooking up with influencer and investor Garnett Harriman, The Innovation Podcast. We've got a couple of new episodes available with interviews from Garnett's trip to CES. You can subscribe pretty much everywhere you get podcasts and listen at the iPod.fireside.fm. We've got a custom domain coming soon, so I'll let you know when that happens. On to Bill Burkhart. I've spoken with his Wonderman colleague Jacques Van Niekerk a couple of times, and those chats have been great and among our most popular. With Bill, I was intrigued by the idea of turning data into stories. In this first part of our discussion, we talk about how data can serve as the foundation for a good story. Hope you enjoy the chat. Let's get to it. Bill Burkhart, it's great to have you here on Confessions of a Marketer. Welcome. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? Good. You're in Omaha, Nebraska, where it was, what, seven degrees this morning? Seven degrees. Yeah. Beautiful Omaha, Nebraska. Going to visit one of our wonderful clients, uh, Mutual of Omaha. Oh, wonderful. I'm often asked, where are they headquartered? <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, just think of the name. Yeah. You'll have your answer. So wonderful clients, long-time clients. That's great. I, uh, boy, that name uh, for someone of my age makes me harken back to Marlon Perkins in the 1970s on uh, a Wild Kingdom. Exactly right. Uh, and uh, it, it is still, throughout that organization, something that's of, of fond, fond memory and uh, often discussed uh, bringing back, you know, things like grandson of Marlon or something. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah. 
So we're here to talk about data and turning yep. data into stories. So data is often characterized just as numbers, you know, the things we all see on spreadsheets. But I think it can really form the underpinning for great stories because there's often so much hidden behind those numbers. So how do you take data and build great stories? You know, I think one analogy I, I'd like to use is data is, you know, the queen died and then the king died. The story is the queen died and, and then, then the king died of a broken heart. <laughs> That's a story. Right. So translating from data or what essentially is a kind of a fact into a narrative is the mission that, you know, that we, certainly we are all on for our, our marketing clients. What, what's happened in, in recent years is the amount of data has grown exponentially. And that, uh, that growth is a, is a function of all the new devices that actually generate data. And so, so marketers have this dilemma of having an extraordinary amount of data being generated and determining the, the best way to kind of synthesize that to enable a story to begin with understanding the audience or with whom you're presenting the story. And, and that, that gets back to this concept of personalization. And personalization is not an end game. Personalization is a means to an end. And that end is having a, a clear understanding of with whom you're speaking. And once you determine that, then, then the concept of, of telling a, a story is, is, is easier. If not, you're, you're pretty much in a position of, of broadcasting uh, a set of irrelevant facts. So we put our shoulder is, is first of all, helping clients synthesize all of their, all of their data sources. And, and let me just and talk about kind of one, one aspect of that. And that is that part of this proliferation of data has been around digital data or, or data derived from device IDs and, and, and cookie data. And our clients today, and, and we, along with our clients, recognize the huge value of our clients' customer data, their first-party data, people that they know, people that have done business with them. And consequently, helping our clients synthesize the data with respect to their customers so that they can have a one-to-one -one conversation with a customer of theirs is our focus. So not, not to say that the digital data being created is not of value. It is of value. But what is more valuable is the people with whom you do business. You know, we have an adage that we call the first dollar concept is that if you have one dollar to spend in marketing, spend it with your customer to get them to buy one more thing opposed to spending <laughs> on a prospect to perhaps get them to buy like one more thing. And so consequently, if you get this environment where you're ready to have that conversation, then we have to look at, at the, the main components of a story. And, and stories can take a, a variety of different uh, venues, if you will. And a, and a venue, when we think about stories, could be a movie theater, it could be a theater, it could be a, but it could be also be an email. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because when, when, you're, when you're thinking about an email, you actually have an opportunity with a viewer to see an entire story unfold uh, within the content of, of a particular email. So I think synthesis, of data translating into a way in which you know who your customer is and what matters to them, both on what you know about them, as well as the data that we can use to enrich what you might know about them. I, I, I take a, an example from some, some years ago uh, with Sephora. Sephora 
Um, they have, I actually don't recall how many SKUs they have, uh, but it's millions. A lot, yeah, uh, a lot, yeah, I would think, imagine. Right? Yeah. I think about every SKU, it could be a, it's it's various shades of a particular lipstick brand, and, and it's it's pretty extraordinary. But they have developed and used very sophisticated models to predict if you buy one thing, what you're next most logically to buy. And so uh, part of your thank you email that you get to say thanks for buying, they tee up a, an opportunity for you to buy the things that people like you have bought next. So it's a, the story is around, wow, you complete my look. My look might, be gone, might have begun with, with a particular lipstick, but you can complete my look by telling me all the other aspects of, of makeup that could, could actually make a kind of a comprehensive, you know, kind of attractive of outcome. So, so I, I think that's, that's an example of kind of telling a story based on what, what a customer might have, uh, you know, might have, might have done and, and, and the data points they've, they've left behind. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T.org. Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. It's like a very granular persona. You know, we do a lot of persona work in, in our business, and usually you end up with three or four or five personas for a business. But this is... You know, in in the case of Sephora, it could be millions of personas. Oh, absolutely! Uh, you know, uh, we uh, one of our one of our current clients is uh, Air Canada, uh, and weekly weekly we send uh, a a particular email. It's it's called the deal of the week. Yeah, which essentially is to convey to four million four million people uh, the deal that's probably right for them. But that email has about 175,000 different versions of it. Mm. <laughs> and for example, it, it's it's delivered to you uh, with content that's relevant based on your travel history, uh, with where you like to sit on the plane, with where you like to go, where you've gone, where you've gone on vacation for leisure, where you've gone for business. And it, it also takes into consideration that yeah, a deal today to fly to Winnipeg, eh, maybe not because Winnipeg might be closed because of a snowstorm. Yeah. And and so we have to actually contain all of that, all of those data points to deliver a not, not to a persona. A persona would be leisure travelers, the business traveler. But this really explodes that that persona into 175,000 different points of, you know, points of uh uh, you know who who a person is and and what what matters what matters to to, to them. Very powerful tool. Yeah, you know uh, the, the, this this concept of of uh, a tool that that you referred to. Our experience has been there are there are many tools and sure. uh, there has like there has been a proliferation of, of data. There's been a proliferation of of tools. There are, yeah. there are hundreds of thousands of, of tools and you've seen all the charts that, that depict those in, in a, a Lumascape uh, or other, other consultants views of that, all the, all the tools. But the way we, we think about it and, and where Wonderman plays an important role for our clients is that we, we function as, as the carpenter right, and that utilizes tools, you know, uh, pr- appropriately. So we're not there to sell hammers and nails and, 
but you know what we need we need lumber hammers and nails and and but we also need an architecture yeah. um that we're what we're seeking to seeking to build and and that's that's what we do that's that's our job our job is to utilize those tools and, and make them work on behalf of a client right uh, i think we've there are lots of stories of tools that have been purchased and and uh, kind of gathered um call it digital dust you know within within an organization's uh, IT groups, yeah. uh, our job is to make them make them work and be productive. Or bring a company to its knees, right? Uh, stop it in its tracks. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I've been there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, often, you know, some of the best journalism comes from using data to tell stories, you know, whether you open up the paper and it's demographic shifts, environmental impact, or, you know, some other kind of societal impact. I think data journalism has come a long way in recent years. Can companies employ those same techniques to present their data? In terms of a journalism, the, the lead, what's the lead? Yeah. Um, and when you think about it, a story has a protagonist and an antagonist and a conflict. And so when, when we think about a particular mission for a client, what is that? We might say that if, if it's for a, a travel company, the antagonist might be difficulty in getting from point A to point B comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> that's the antagonist. That, that's the enemy. The protagonist is a new easy way to buy a comfortable way to get from point A to point B. So, so that's the hero. And, and the conflict is um, how, how do we resolve those two? And the, the resolution becomes the story. Is it about money? Is it about service? Is it about purchasing convenience? And that, that becomes more the resolution of the story. But I think this concept of what's the head, what's the headline, mm -hmm. what, what falls above the fold is, is the same application, whether it's a, a web site, a mobile app, a email, a, um, a YouTube short video content. All of it kind of requires an ability to have the headline that matters. And then the first two sentences for the first sentence has to actually lay out the protagonist, antagonist, and, and the conflict and a resolution. The inverted pyramid. It totally is. Yeah. And, you know, again, I've had so much work in the, uh, in the email channel over the last seven, eight, nine, ten years. And, you know, emails have had a tendency to get longer and longer and longer. If you've ever noticed that when you begin to yeah. right, move your way down all the way to the bottom of the email, yeah. it's, it's almost like a CVS coupon with all the, <laughs> you know, a CVS receipt that you get, right. Yeah, yeah. That you could become, become, becomes kind of a toga as you leave, uh, you know, leave, right. the, you, you, know, leave you buy CVS. a pack of gum and the yeah. receipt is a yard and a half long. <laughs> right. And so, but then when you kind of think about it, my, my job as a CVS customer is to figure out where's the thing for me. So you kind of are searching around and like, well, geez, where's my coupon that is the thing I like to buy? The same thing with respect to an email communication. If I go back to the Air Canada example, can you imagine an email that says, here are the flights we have this week where there are deals and we have a complete list of those flights. You're on your own. Um, yeah. It would be, right? Yeah. You figure it out, you know, um, and but the fact is they have in our on our uh, and what we deliver for them on, on their behalf is the ability to synthesize that and, and deliver it such that it makes sense mm -hmm. that you, you 
give give the consumer a a chance to to have a, an easier decision making process uh, and an easier way to actually buy. Um, and it, it it's funny thing it it uh, it works. Uh, you know, I think they would probably refer to that deal of the week to be their uh, you know their their money generator of the week. But it's been a very successful undertaking for them. Thanks to Bill for being here. Next time, we'll have part two of my chat with Bill, where we delve into real-world examples of companies using data to tell stories. And we'll also take a look ahead at the future of data. So stay tuned. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc., and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home-free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.